People want more democracy, not less. It's time to talk progressive politics and practical solutions with Joy Silver. Outspoken from Radio 111. Now, here's Joy. Welcome, welcome. This is Joy Silver, and you know, we find ways to stand up and to fight back. And we go deeper into those issues so that we understand more deeply what in heaven's name is going on. I mean, every day we have crazy pants, conspirators, and pushing ground zero politics. Today's show is Parents Gone Wild, the Politicalization of Education. And to talk from firsthand experience is Steve Schwartz. He's working with the school board in western Riverside County, and he's has been a proud member of the American Federation for Teachers over 50 years. He served as a union representative in his school for 20 years. His broad scope of experience has given him a comprehensive understanding of the challenges faced by teachers, administrators, and parents. Steve moved to Temecula in 2004. Thank you for joining us today on Outspoken. Hi, Joy. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I hope you're doing as well. Actually, I I just spent the morning visiting a couple of my schools and chatting with the staff and principals of schools in my area, something I try to do as often as I can. Well, that's going to be very helpful to our conversation today because you've been in education for a long time. And have you seen firsthand the politicalization of education? Yes. Our school board election in November, we had three people who were supported by a group called the Inland Empire PAC, Mm -hmm. which is affiliated with the 412 Church in uh, Lake Elsinore. And they've come into our district with a political agenda, not an education agenda. They've come in to impose their brand of politics and their ideas on the schools. And so right from the start, it's been a bit of a, how shall I say, a bit of a uproar created even at our first school board meeting. Well, you you mentioned the 412 Church, and so the 412 Church seems to point the finger at people saying that there seems to be a a conflict between the idea of indoctrination versus education. Are you hearing that kind of language? Yeah, well, they have all these what I call false flags, issues that they raise that are not real issues, that are political issues. If uh, in the sphere of Christian nationalism, talking about things like critical race theory, talking about grooming, talking about LGBTQ children, talking about proper pronouns, all of these issues, which are not really school issues, they are political issues, which the right, the MAGA wing of the Republican Party and the right wing of local parties here push, but they don't really have anything to do with schools. Mm-hmm. So for example, at uh, the first school board meeting, they introduced a resolution to ban critical race theory. Now, critical race theory is a college course, which is a taught in colleges, not in public schools. It's never been part of California public school curriculum, yet they felt it was an issue that they needed to ban, and I don't know why you have to ban something that doesn't exist, (laughs) 
and all it did was create a tremendous uproar amongst our students and parents who reacted in, in very, very negative ways to what they were doing. That's interesting. So that sounds very much akin to what's happening across the country in places like Florida. Or is there also a call from those same parents for book banning? That's part of their playbook. That has not been introduced yet, but I would not be surprised if that's not another step in their plan. It's a playbook that they follow. I would give you a perfect example. New school board members generally go for training by the California School Board Association. So at the, the uh, California School Board Association conference that I went to, the three new board members went to be trained by a group called the Pacific Research Institute, which is another one of these right-wing organizations. So rather than getting training in what they should be doing, they were getting training in this political agenda that they are pushing. Wow, Steve, that is really frightening to hear. Where do these parents come from? Had, had, had they ever participated in school board before? And, and, and when did they first appear? Well, I was elected in 20 in the presidential election. I would say that in my first two years, I might have received one or two communications from parents about an issue with a teacher or an issue with a principal or an issue that their child is having with another child. I never in two years heard anything relating to politics or political issues. The only issue we had was when it came to COVID and the mask mandates, there were a group of very outspoken parents who were opposed to masks and having the children being masked. However, that is something that was set by the health department, not something that school boards had any way of dealing. That was an issue that was a policy that was set by health departments. So people would come to school board meetings and yell at us, and why are you supporting masks, and why are you supporting people getting vaccinated? And the only answer we had, because it's the law, and we have to follow the law. Just like if you got a speeding ticket, don't come to the school board and complain that you got a speeding ticket. <laughs> you got a speeding ticket because you were driving erratically. It's not something we have control over. So those were the main issues that were raised during the campaign of 22, and that's something that they hounded on basically accusing our incumbent school board members of supporting masks and supporting vaccines and supporting critical race theory, and they got everybody all excited, and that's why the three of them were voted into office. Now, you mentioned the 412 Church. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is and what the platform is there? Well, I only know what I've read and what I've heard. They did support the three people who were elected to the board, so they are beholden to uh, the, the 412 Church and Tim Thompson, who is the pastor of the 412 Church, and they have a very right-wing view of what's right and what's wrong. And so they, they again, are against a lot of the things that 
for example, masking for vaccines. And again, their playbook is going to be critical race theory, which didn't exist anyway. Mm. They're going to start, I'm not sure when, but the next steps in their playbook is pronouns, LGBTQ issues, racial issues, and I would not be surprised if banning books comes along behind it. I think what should be of interest to our listeners is the magnitude of the organization on local level that has taken place here. And what what I'm hearing you say, and you're not the only person that's actually mentioned this that I that I've heard from before, is that the the energizing of this movement to give them something to unify around started during COVID. And Absolutely. And their students, of course, were at home during that period of time where parents would be able to more than not monitor their children's education, but to energize around them. And I do believe it started with the masking because that came before vaccines. And so this energized this movement that was taking place. And now I think what's what's really uh, it's got me certainly um sitting up and and listening even more uh, is this whole idea that they're being trained as to basically how to disrupt public education. And so are you getting any sense of what they do want taught at school? Well, well, this whole movement is based on anti-public schools, anti-unions and charter schools. And so that's going to be the next push is to fund religious charter schools, mm-hmm. charter schools that are based on religion. And that, that's going to be part, that's part of their agenda is to actually destroy public education and, and have all their children in charter schools. And it's even interesting that um, our school board president's son is not in Temecula schools. Mm-hmm. He's homeschooled or I'm not sure if it's Montessori or homeschooled. But his child is not in the public school. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. And you come from a long time in public school education. So Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, we've always had religious schools. I know uh, when I was a kid, there were Catholic schools and there was public schools. Exactly. So that's not, sure. that's not a new thing. But to defund no. public education, what is the point, from your perspective now, from where you sit, what is the point of stopping public education? I think, again, it is a political agenda. It is not an education agenda. It is the, these wild theories about teachers grooming students and indoctrinating students and this whole idea of critical race theory, which is, again, a college course. It's not something that we do in public schools. But many of our children... Uh, many of our students were extremely upset that they did put this ban into effect because it does limit, to a degree, discussions about racial problems or racial issues or the past history of racism in the country. And they felt that the whole thrust of it was to kind of whitewash the history of slavery and racism in the United States. And we had all the high schools had school walkouts. Wow. The kids, you know, walked out and they protested and it was in the news and it was there was all kinds of controversy about it. 
you know, I believe in democracy. And if you think that what's going on is hindering your education and limiting your education, then you start. Look, it's like what happened in Florida, yeah, where DeSantis banned the AP African-American history course. Right. It's the same idea, the same movement. Uh, it's part of this whole, what I would call, democratization of the United States. We are no longer a majority white country. Mm-hmm. We are now a minority country, mm-hmm. where minorities make up a greater percentage of the population than so-called white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And you could see it in the states in the South, where you have all these movements going on, whether it's Mm anti-abortion, whether it's anti-advanced placement classes. All of this is just part of this whole political agenda that has nothing to do with education. That's why it's so upsetting to me. Someone who was a teacher and an administrator for 35 years, a, a union member, I'm still a member of the AFT. I support unions. That's the path to the middle class for Americans. So all this trying to stifle democracy and free thought and discussions, it's all part of this whole right-wing movement, and it's infiltrating schools all over the place. Yeah, it seems to and, be. Um, it seems national. And, and I think what, what, what is seems very um, maybe shocking and maybe shocking to Californians is that California as a state is known to be more progressive, shall we say, than, exactly. than other states, and yet the the level of organization on these on these basic points. I mean, critical race theory, and let's just, if we can, I, I, I'll talk about it a little bit. Critical race theory is what? <laughs> well, it, it, the, one of the basic tenets of critical race theory is that racism has been part of the political structure in the country. So if you look at the South, when you look at poll taxes and banning, uh, having uh, voter ID and all kinds of ways of keeping people from voting, mm-hmm. in, in for the most part, that was directed against black people. Right. So, you, so the idea then is to, and, and you did use the term whitewash, uh, but to, yes. uh, but n- not to allow our children to learn about the history of the United exactly. States. Period. And exactly. And that it includes yeah. racism has been part of our inception of what what is called our democracy from the very inception of it. And you know, Steve, the thing about democracy, and and we know this, it it, it, it we have never yet really had a full democracy where everybody gets equal opportunity or is treated equal under the law. And yet, it's kind of a dream that we're working towards and making progress towards. And so it seems that stopping it at the school level, where children cannot learn our own history, means it stops basically allowing for everyone to have a chance at the American dream, as it were, and that dream of, dream of democracy. Absolutely. If you look just here in Temecula, where my the high school in my trustee area, Great Oak High School, is built on Pechanga land. It yeah. was land that was the Pechanga's 
home. So to deny that part of California history, there's also uh, something that I've just become familiar with. It's, it's called the mission. It's something they do in elementary schools about the missions mm-hmm. that were established all over California. Right. Okay. You know, so if you look at it from the point of view of Spain, we're trying to civilize people. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from the point of view of indigenous people, you're stepping on us. Right, right. You're taking away our land to impose. So, I mean, it even goes so far as when you talk about whose land is whose land. Right. So if, if you want to really talk about whose land is whose land, does that mean that we have to give California and Texas back to Mexico mm-hmm. because we took it in a war? Or does I it, mean, that's the common or, theory. Or does it mean that Mexico and the United and Texas have to give the land back to the Native Americans who first exactly. lived you in know, that when land? You talk, if you go as far as the Middle East, then you talk about Israel. Mm-hmm. So you have this little country in the midst of all these Arab countries, and because Israel won parts of land that it's now in control of in the Six-Day War and the and the Yom Kippur War, do they have to give it back? Well, I don't know. Do we, do, do we have to give back the land to Germany that they conquered in World War II? You know, how far in history do you want to go back to say, whose land is whose land? Engaging and making sure that the civil rights of all the people who are currently in yeah. our culture becomes a very critical piece, because who gets a seat at the table to make decisions about policy? It, this is the real Absolutely. question. I, I had, the, had the pleasure of meeting with um, two uh, students at Great Oak High School. One is the president of the Black Students Union, and the other is the president of the Indigenous uh, Students Club. And both of them had very, very interesting points of view on where they sit vis-a-vis this new school board and what they're promoting. So we can't silence the students right and having we can't silence their desires and their thinking and their beliefs by imposing bans on things i always say the best way to get a kid to read a book is to ban it (laughs) (laughs) if you want a kid to read a book just tell him he can't right well you know what's interesting about that because uh, the extremist, the cry that we always hear is about the First Amendment and freedom of speech. For people who really seem to love freedom of speech, how do they For then become help. the banners of actual speech exactly. happening? Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Steve, what do you think some of the solutions can be about this situation? Do you see any light at this end of this basically culture war and politicalization of education? Well... So much of this stuff is, I hate to say, is ingrained, Mm -hmm. depending on where you grew up and and what you were exposed to. I grew up in the Bronx. (laughs) I was surrounded by Irish, people of Irish descent, Italian descent, African-Americans, Hispanics, Asians, uh, Philip, all, all kinds of different people. And going to school, again, surrounded by all these different people. So I never looked at people as different i looked at them as my neighbors right but when you when you kind of secrete yourself away mm-hmm. and and 
in your, I hate to say church, but here it is a church, mm-hmm. and, and you go on Sundays and everyone is part of your church, mm-hmm. and you hear religion becoming politics, that's really dangerous. It's really dangerous when politics and religion mix. Well, that's supposed um, to be, we, we do know about separation of church and state is supposed to happen, and I think what there hasn't been any um, accountability for the churches who become political because they're 501c3s, but maybe what lies in our future is the ability to have some kind of accountability for this kind of behavior because uh, it just seems that this is allowing parents to go wild. At the board meetings, and this is kind of the the, the final perspective I'm going to ask of you or, or even information from you, has there been a lot of drama and carrying on at the board at yes. meetings? Especially so, uh, the worst was during COVID yeah. and the masks. Now we have people coming to board meetings accusing people of things mm-hmm. that are not true. So, for example, at the last board meeting, someone got up and accused me of organizing the student walkouts about the ban of critical race theory. Mm -hmm. I don't know who this person is. I don't know where he got his information. Do I support the students' rights to protest? Absolutely. Who organized it? The students organized it on their own. Mm. We have other people coming. For example, we have... There's a guy who comes to board meetings who says his name is XYZ. I'm not going to use his name. <laughs> okay. And then we found out that's not his name. <laughs> that's a fake name. And his real name is ABC, and he lives in San Diego, and he's a real estate agent. Oh, Why is this guy who's a real estate agent from San Diego coming to our board meetings and criticizing our school board when he doesn't even live here. Well, maybe that's part of the next tactic will have to be for the board meeting is to be sure that people who are there are actually residents uh, of the area and and have kids in school. That might be helpful. I've asked um, the superintendent about that, and apparently board meetings are public meetings. They're open to anybody. But this is something I want to run by Tony Thurmond, who's our state superintendent of education. Yeah. yeah. Because it's really unfit. Well, it's it's unfair for someone who's not a resident, who right. has no stake in our system, to come in and criticize it for political gain. Maybe you'll be seeing but, George Santos come down pretty soon. and I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Is there anything, um, uh, is there anything uh, that our listeners can do to help yes. you out there? What can they do, yes. Steve? Our listeners need to, you need to support the people on the school board who are there for the education of the children. Yes. You need to come to meetings and talk about how great your schools are that your children are getting a great education. Yes. And you are opposed to their education being limited. You need to be involved in local issues. You need to support the uh, the people on the school board who support your children. And when it comes to 24, when there's going to be a new election for the two incumbents who support the kids, you need to come out and support us. You know, it's very easy for people to say, oh, I'm against that. 
you know, I think my school is great. You know, a lot of people, their lives are busy. Look, uh-huh. I understand. But this is our you future. Have kids, you have jobs. Yeah. You have mortgages. You have all this stuff to do. But we need the positive parents to come out and support us. Now, I'm looking at a folder on my desk. I probably have 100 emails in it that are positive, and I have three that are negative. So I know the people are out there, but I know their lives are busy. And I know that they're happy with their schools and and they're happy with what's going on for their children. But they need to come out and and express that in public. Well, we're going to have them come out, Steve, and we're going to make sure that people get out and vote and take care of things as they need to do. And thank you, Steve Schwartz, for today. This is Parents Gone Wild, the politicalization of education. And this has been Joy Silver with Outspoken. Tell me, what does democracy look like? This is what democracy looks like.